0: Matthew 27. We are continuing in the narrative of our Lord Jesus' arrest and trial and crucifixion and resurrection. And it's amazing the united testimony that you find. In this passage, in chapter 26, we saw our Lord Jesus declare to his apostles, I'm about to be, as I have said to you many times already, I'm about to be arrested, tried, crucified, and I will rise again on the third day. And it's like they hear the first part and can't hear the second part. And I think, seriously, I do believe it was sort of a divine deafness, because as we're going to see in the narrative, if we get to it eventually, (laughs) the Jewish leadership, they know exactly what Jesus has said. Because they're going to go to Pilate upon the event of Jesus' crucifixion and being placed in the tomb. They're going to go to Pilate and say, You know that deceiver? He said that he would arise on the third day. So we're asking for a guard to to seal the tomb and to guard it so that his disciples can't come and steal the body. They knew all about what Jesus had said, they knew it. But Jesus' own disciples seemed to be. In the darkness they had heard it and heard it and heard it then I have to ask myself well mark how many times have you heard God's promises and declarations and it's like you haven't ever heard them and he has to say them to you over and over and over and about the hundredth time it starts to sink in I had a professor that once said repetition is the price of learning repetition is the price of learning And I'm grateful for that as a Bible teacher because that gives me all the excuse I need to say the same thing over and over, right? Okay, Okay. here we are. Chapter 27, verse 1. When morning came, Jesus was taken away at night. He was taken out of the Garden of Gethsemane at night. He was brought before the Jewish leadership at night. Now, any Jew reading the Gospel of Matthew, and this is traditionally called the Gospel to the Jews, would have read that and said, well, that's a violation of the law of Moses. The law of Moses and the Jewish law said all trials must take place in the daylight hours in an open venue when anyone could come and attend and bear witness. And instead, they're having a secret trial at night in the home of first of Annas and then the deposed high priest and then in the house of his son-in-law, Caiaphas. They're having a, a secret trial and it completely blows up in their face because even though they've coached the witnesses, they can't get even two of them to testify together publicly saying the same thing. And so in utter frustration because this whole thing is blowing up in his face, he can't even create the window dressing of of a just trial, Caiaphas cries out, Are you or are you not the Christ, the Son of the living God? And Jesus says, You said it, buddy. It is as you say. And Caiaphas tears his robe. Blasphemy! Blasphemy! And then... Because Pilate is there in Jerusalem, this is amazing. Oh, we can't kill him ourselves because the, the Romans claim for themselves the exclusive right to execute people. And we, so we can't do it. Now, how many times do we see later in the book of Acts, we will see them stoning Stephen to death? The Romans are still the governors. Why are they taking Jesus to Pilate? Why don't they just stone him to death themselves and then apologize to Pilate later? That's what they will do with Stephen. Because God has commanded this format. Because a thousand years before, David had written in Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They have pierced my hands and my feet. That was the Roman form of execution that was not invented for centuries after David wrote the psalm. It was invented by the Carthaginians. They They have pierced my hands and my feet. They've cast lots for my garment. They've given me vinegar to drink. All of that in the Hebrew Scriptures. So unknowingly, the Jewish leadership who despise Jesus are taking Him to the Roman ruler who will put through that Jesus through that process. If it was the Jews sto- executing Him, He would be stoned to death. Instead, He will endure the Roman crucifixion. The Roman form of execution. And so, verse chapter 27, verse 1, when morning came, he's gone, gone through the process of being, having an unjust, illegal trial at night. When morning came, all the chief priests, because there's more than one, there's two, and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put Him to death. And when they had bound Him, they led Him away and delivered Him to Pontius Pilate the governor. Then G- Judas... His betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. That's your problem. Now stop for a moment judas knowingly betrayed jesus what other outcome could he have possibly expected there is no other logical outcome but now his conscience is afflicting him satan is no longer animating him because satan doesn't need judas anymore and so now his conscience is afflicting him and he comes back with the 30 pieces of silver I have sinned by betraying. Notice this word, innocent blood. What we're going to see as we go through this chapter is, Jesus is innocent. Jesus is just. Jesus is just. His innocence is there's no accusation can be thrown at him that sticks. He is a just man. So will say, so will the wife of Pilate say, So will Pilate say. This is a just man. There is no law that he has broken. I can find no harm in this man. I can find nothing to charge. Pilate will say, even the Jewish leadership have been unable to m- make any accusation stick. And what does Judas say? I have betrayed innocent blood. This whole chapter is about Jesus' innocence, Jesus' justice, Jesus is a just man. He's blameless. I betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? That's your problem. You see to it. What did they just admit to? We bought the betrayal of an innocent man do they say to Judas what are you talking about innocent no they don't why not because they know just as well as Judas knows that he's innocent then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself so great was his despair he hanged himself but the chief priests took the silver pieces and said, well, you know, we are such wonderful, holy, legal men. We cannot accept this blood money into the treasury of the temple. We can't put that money back there. Why? This is defiled money. Well, wait a minute. What did they just admit about themselves? We bought the betrayal of an innocent man, but we would not want to offend the holy God by putting blood money into his treasury, uh, do you think that perhaps betraying an innocent man might offend the holy God? Well, yes, but that's in our perceived self-interest. So it's, it's... I mean, honestly, folks, you're reading this and you're... It's stunning. It's stunning. The level of hypocrisy... We bought the betrayal of an innocent man, but how dare we put that blood money back in the treasury from where we took it. It's not lawful to put blood money. Well, I don't know of any law in the law of Moses said you can't put blood money in the temple treasury, but <laughs> this is their own conscience speaking. And they consulted together and bought with them the 30 pieces of silver, the the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. We know from another gospel account that was the very place where Judas hanged himself was that same field. And they bought that to use that as a burial ground for people who had no funds. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood because it was bought with blood money. To this day, as I'm writing this gospel many years later, then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, and they took the 30 pieces of, of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they, the children of Israel, priced, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Written 600 years before the coming of our Lord. And unknowingly, they're fulfilling right to the tiniest detail God's word. Now, Jesus stood before the governor, before Pontius Pilate, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, It is as you say. Now, one of the things that we know, that's not in the gospel accounts, but we know from Roman history, is that Pontius Pilate is in a very precarious position politically. This is going to be emphasized in one of the other Gospels, but Jesus stands before him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, it is as you say. Yes, I am the king of the Jews. One of the things we know about Pontius Pilate is that he was appointed to his role as the governor of the Jews by a fellow by the name of Sejanus, who was the head of the Praetorian Guard. Sejanus, at the time of Pilate's appointment, was the day-to-day emperor of the Roman Empire. The real emperor, the man with the title Tiberius, had retired to the island of Capri, which is, even today, is considered one of the most wonderful places on the planet to go. is the island of Capri in the middle of the Mediterranean. It's a wonderful resort area. He retired there. I'm an old guy. I've fought battles. I've led armies. I've conquered. I've done all this stuff. I've been made emperor. I've been functioning. I'm ready to enjoy the last years of my life and enjoy the fruits of my intense lifelong labor. And so he retired to the island of Capri, hived off all of his day-to-day management responsibilities, this fellow Sejanus, and Sejanus fulfilled those responsibilities for a few years. And then it came, you know, I've been doing all this emperor stuff, doing all the work, while he's sitting there enjoying I think I would like the title. I think I would like the pomp and circum and all this wonderful stuff that comes with having the title. So he created a conspiracy to assassinate Tiberius. Well, Tiberius was, yeah, he's retired, but he still, a, he found out about it. And he charged from Capri back to Rome and had Sejanus executed. Well, now anybody appointed by Sejanus who has a responsibility of the empire by this appointment of Sejanus is suspect and the one thing you don't want to be able to be accused of is having a divided loyalty. And so here is this fellow, I am the king of the Jews. And in the other gospel account, the Jewish leadership will say to, the, to Pilate, whom they know is in a tenuous political position, If you allow him to live, you are allowing this person who could be called a competitor with Tiberius to live. Pilate could himself be then executed. So, and they know he's in this precarious position. And so Pilate asked Jesus this question, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, It is as you say. Yes, I am. And while he, Jesus, was being accused by the chief priests and elders of bringing forth all sorts of other questions, he answered nothing. They would bring forth an accusation and Pilate would turn to Jesus. Well, what do you have to say in your defense? And he would answer nothing. He would just be silent. As a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word. So the mar- governor marveled greatly. Don't you know I can crucify you? Don't you know your very life and you're facing a torturous death? And you've got, you're not even going to answer your accusers? What is going on? Jesus didn't answer his accusers. Do you not know? Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word, so the governor marvelled greatly. What is Pilate's usual experience? It's not silent from accused. It's people begging for their lives, doing saying anything they can to deny the accusations and preserve themselves from the crucifixion experience. And yet Jesus is doing the opposite. He's answering nothing. And Pilate doesn't know what to do. He's never encountered this before in a long career. Verse 15, now at the feast, meaning the feast of Passover, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, to the multitude, Whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas, who was a notorious criminal. He's well known. as a no- He is a notorious cri- criminal. So Pilate... <coughs> <clears throat> is making the contrast as extreme as he can. He chose Barabbas as the alternative. As as extreme as he could make it. Therefore, they, when they gather, whom do you whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas? Or Jesus, who is called Christ, anointed one, Messiah, your king your promised king, the one who will bring in all kingdom glory to you. Pretty strong contrast. For he knew that they, the Jewish leadership, handed him Jesus over because of envy. Could you imagine being a part of the Jewish leadership? The high priests or anyone, Sadducee, Pharisee, scribe, and they are watching Jesus perform miracle after miracle after miracle cleansing lepers healing the sick raising the dead walking on he's walking on the water he stills the storm he does all these things they can't do any of them and are they aware of them oh yes they are aware He knew they had delivered him over because of envy. Not only that, when they would come against him to accuse him and to try to trip him up, they always ended up running away with their tail tucked between their legs because he always spoke the law, the word of God back to them and they could never handle what he said. Not once. Not once. They are envious of him. While he, Pilate, was sitting on the judgment seat. While this is going on, his wife sent to him a, a message. She sent to him, Have nothing to do with this just man. For I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Now, you got to understand, in the ancient world, and most of the world today, Dreams are extremely authoritative. They're taken as very, very, very important. I have suffered in a dream today because of this just man. Here's a woman who's received divine insight from God as to the holiness, the justice, the innocence of this man. Hubby, don't... You dare do anything that would bring harm to this just holy man. So he has this testimony from his wife as well as what he's witnessed himself. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas, a renowned criminal, and destroy Jesus The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas! That's what they were coached to call for. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ your King? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then Pilate said, Why? What evil has he done? Name one thing he's done. But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. They don't answer because they have no answer. What is striking to me is we are witnessing this very same kind of process happening right before us on the world stage right here in the United States of America where we have people who don't have any resources to debate the truth. And so instead of standing up and debating the truth, seeking out which, what is true, they simply scream and yell and throw adult tantrums and scream and yell because they don't have any facts to back up their position we're seeing this on the political scene right now and we have a living (laughs) replication of what we're seeing with the lord jesus and this multitude what does pilate ask could you please name one sin could you please name one fault in this man to justify his crucifixion or frankly, to justify not worshiping him? Their reply, let him be crucified. Why? Because they have nothing they can say other than that. Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult, a riot, was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. What did Judas say? He's innocent. What did Pilate's wife say? This just man. What does Pilate say? This just man. Pilate, with all the accusations that are brought against Jesus, even though Jesus answers none of them, he knows that Jesus is not, in fact, guilty of any of the accusations. He is a just man. And notice this. Again, verse 24. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather the tumult, a riot was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. It's on you. What had the Jewish leadership said to judas iscariot you see to it that's your problem what's pilate saying you see to it it's your problem and what do they heartily yell out let and all the people answered and said his blood be on us and on our children ask yourself this question historically How has this worked out for the Jewish people? Well, 37 years later, in 70 AD, the Romans will show up, having spent two years coming down from Galilee, destroying everything in their path. They come to Jerusalem, surround Jerusalem, And after the Jewish leadership throws James, the half-brother of Jesus, the head of the Jerusalem church, off the wall, he stayed behind. Jesus had given them instruction. When you see the armies assembling, hey folks, get out of Jerusalem, run, flee. But James stayed behind to be a testimony. And what was their response to his testimony? They threw him off the wall. They murdered James. And then the Romans tore down the walls of Jerusalem. And I understand they crucified about one 100,000 people outside the walls of Jerusalem. They ran out of wood and then they sold the rest of them into slavery and suppressed the value of slaves in the Roman world for several years to come because there was a glut on the market. And there has been much since then the suffering of the Jewish people for having rejected Christ and even calling him the responsibility for his death upon themselves, it has found its way to them. Let his blood be upon us and on our children. Then he, Pilate, released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, they tied Jesus to a post and took what amounted to a cat of nine tails, had nine leather straps on the end of this handle, and on the end of each strap, was a chunk of metal or bone and it, would, it was designed to catch into the flesh and then they would rip it out. And when they were done scourging, there was no flesh left on the back. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Well, I'm very thankful that the people here in this <laughs> congregation know what will follow. We're coming up on Thanksgiving, and so knowing how the account will end, (laughs) we can give thanks to God because what is happening is that Jesus will go. What is taking place right now as these events are occurring? What's taking place in the temple? The Levitical priests are hard at work, hard at work, hard at work, examining passover lambs to make sure that there is not a flaw and if the lamb passes inspection and is flawless then the people can take it home and sacrifice it because the the regular passover is about to begin at sundown while jesus is going to be on the cross and enduring all of this those jewish priests will be examining passover lambs for imperfections jesus has been suffered trial for three years. He's been accused. He's been questioned. Then he suffers his unjust trial, illegal trial at the hands of the Jewish leadership. He comes before Pilate. What is the judgment of Pilate? He's innocent. He's innocent. He's innocent. He's been inspected by the high priests themselves and they can find no flaw. Pilate inspects him. I can find no flaw. He is innocent. He is just. He is just. And he will go to the cross and there suffer as the fulfillment of the Passover lamb picture. That's why we no longer keep the Passover celebration because Jesus fulfilled it. And we celebrate the Lord's table instead. This is my body broken for you. This is the blood of my covenant. My blood shed for you, instituting the new covenant. And all your sins and iniquities will be remembered no more. That is what Jesus will be accomplishing for us on the cross. And as we will preview of coming attractions, what will happen when Jesus says it is finished and he dismisses his spirit there's a great earthquake and the veil in the temple is torn in two from top to bottom and the way into the holy of holies, the very presence of God is made. And who is witnessing it? Those very priests who are still examining lambs. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the day is coming when that scarred hand will touch us and we will step into your presence. We pray again for this family that lost this child. And we trust that this young child has found a welcome in your presence. The only passage in the Bible that addresses the death of a child suggest that very thing lord we hold them before you asking that you would strengthen them with your divine truth may the gospel become clear we pray for our brother mark anderson that he will be able to minister gospel truth to this family and our father we ask that during this thanksgiving time as dissonant as it may appear at first blush, the depth of our thanksgiving will rise from the knowledge that you have created that place for us in that feast to come, the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's a chair waiting for us to occupy because you paid sin's penalty for us. And we simply welcomed it with an open hand We give you thanks and praise for this. In your name, Jesus, amen.